everybody. This is a Penn State football podcast brought to you by ForTheGloryOfOldState.com. I'm Craig Rosala. I'm joined by my partner, Brandon Musso. How are we doing today, Brandon? Uh, could be better. Could be better. <laughs> hey, let's think on the bright side. It's the biggest game of the year. It's Ohio State week. You know, as depressing as the Indiana loss was, <laughs> Ohio State week is always exciting. Even if, you know, Penn State's coming off sanctions and playing them or, you know, they're not having their best year or, you know, they're 7-0 and and, you know, ready to beat the Buckeyes. It's always an exciting time of the year for me. What about you? You know, I'm just having a hard time with this one. <laughs> Morale's down after last week. And then on top of that, the game is at Beaver Stadium, but there is no fans. There yeah. is no whiteout. It's a little bit weird, and it's a little bit disappointing. Yeah, that part definitely sucks where, you know, we're so used to the whiteout every year being either Ohio State or Michigan. And, you know, the no fans saying that it's such, such an advantage for Penn State. You know, we just don't have that this year uh, because of COVID, obviously. Um, and then I was watching a video today. I found it on Twitter going back to the 2016 victory against Ohio State. And James Franklin, you know, talking at the press conference, the first thing he says is, thank you to the fans. Thank you to the community. He's like, you guys are nuts. Like, but we needed all you guys to help us beat Ohio State. I think that speaks to, you know, how James Franklin uses this program. It's not just, you know, the, the 85 guys on scholarship and the walk-ons and, you know, the coaching staff. It's, you know, it's all the alumni. It's all the, the guys that went to the NFL from Penn State. It's all the fans that are season ticket holders. It's, like he said, it's just a whole community. It does stink that we can't have the fans in there, you know, rocking Beaver Stadium and destroying some eardrums on the Ohio State mm-hmm. sideline. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, you know, Penn State's coming off a tough loss. Ohio State coming off a huge win. They destroyed Nebraska 52-17. to A little bit of a scare for them early on where they were tied 14-14 to early in the first half, but they pulled away and won. Justin Fields had a huge game, only one incompletion. Uh, we knew he was going to be pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. And he's coming to Beaver Stadium for the first time. Obviously, he was a Penn State commit at one point when Joe Moorhead was the offensive coordinator. He ultimately decided to decommit because Moorhead – um, took the Mississippi State job. So I'm sure he's really excited to come to Beaver Stadium and put on a show against Penn State. But, you know, what are some of your early thoughts on this game going into Ohio State? I mean, they're one of the most talented teams in the country. It's really not hard to see. I, th- I think that they still have more talent than Penn State does. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if Penn State wants to win this game, they're just going to have to play perfect. That's the, that's the bottom line. And they have to hope that, you know, Ohio State makes a couple mistakes that they could capitalize on. Yeah, so some notes going into this game. You mentioned the talent level. One thing that Penn State was probably above Ohio State this year in talent level was the running backs. Journey Brown is not going to play. Noah Kane, it was announced on Tuesday that he is going to be out for the year. It's not specified yet what his injury is, but it's possibly a broken foot. So Penn State's one advantage is out the window. And then also dating back to the Indiana game, Jesse Luketa will be out for the first half because of a targeting call. It occurred in the second half, so he has to miss like a full game, quote-unquote. Um, so second half of Indiana, first half of Ohio State. Um, he will be ready to go for the second half against Ohio State. So let's get in, we're going to get into some of the you know, questions going into this game we have to answer. For you, what's your biggest advantage for Penn State going into this game? <laughs> you know, if you asked me this three weeks ago, I might have said running backs. Easily. Um, you know, 
we saw J.K. Dobbins left left for the NFL. He's not at Ohio State anymore. Yep. And then you know you look on the Penn State side and you're like, oh, we have Journey Brown, Noah Kane at the top. But you know now we sit here just one game in and it appears they're going to be without both of them. Yes. Um, so for this one, I actually went for the defensive line. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, you love but them. the run stopping in particular. Still looking at a very sam- small sample size. Just one game last week, but they looked really good stopping the run last last week. Yeah. Um, they only rushed for 41 yards on the ground. Um, another performance like that against Ohio State, and they might just put themselves in a good position to pull off the upset. Um, because, one, it means they can't get the run game going, and two, it also means that they kept fields contained. So beyond that, you have a good pass rush you throw in there. You know, that's just icing on the cake. And I think I saw from the Indiana game that Shaka Tony and Jason Owe were the number one and number two ranked pass rushers from last week mm-hmm. by Pro Football Focus. They have the two best uh, rushers uh, across the country mm-hmm. on your own defense. That's pretty cool. For me, I'm going to the other side of the football for Penn State. I think it's their offensive line. I mentioned in the Indiana, at, at the Indiana podcast that they dominated, and I think this Penn State offensive line is really, really good this year. I was excited coming into the year. And I also have my doubts about the Ohio State defensive line. Yes, I know they're talented, but they don't have that guy this year that they've had in the past that is just a game changer, that you're putting two two guys on on the line, possibly a guy chipping him as a running back, maybe a full or a tight end is you know on his side. They don't really have that, um, that guy this year, that Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Chase Young type of guy. Um, so I think the Penn State offensive line, if they can hold their own, allow the running game to get going a little bit, get upfield, and also keeping Sean Clifford protected in the pocket and then helping him out in the running game as well, I think the, the Penn State offensive line is something that could really take control of this game if Ohio State's defensive line doesn't step up with their inexperience and you know questionable, you know, I wouldn't say talent, but just we don't know what they're uh, about just yet, second game of the year. Um, so that's my biggest Penn State advantage is the offensive line, you have the defensive line. On the other side of things, let's go Ohio State. Who do you have? Like, what's their biggest advantage in your opinion? Um, I think this is just about the easiest thing to see. <laughs> His name is Justin Fields. You know what? I had the same exact thing. <laughs> um, we already know how talented it is, but I mean, he certainly didn't disappoint last week. Let's listen to the line here 20 of 21 for 276 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And yes, you heard that right. He did not have, he only had one incompletion yeah. all day. And that may not even be the most threatening part about him, honestly. Um, he's very elusive, very mobile. We saw last year he had, the Penn State defense had a lot of fits trying to keep him in the pocket. Um, but he, I mean, he carried the ball 21 times last year. And they're not afraid to get him out involved in the run game. They're not afraid to let him scramble out of the pocket. But I, I would say they have a major advantage over Penn State in this department because of that reason. Yeah, and I, I think Sean Clifford is pretty good, but Justin Fields is a whole other level. He's a potential top five NFL draft pick. I know NFL teams are, you know, like just so excited to get their hands on him. And I personally think that outside of his throwing, which is so accurate um, and, and so precise, he's their best runner, too, with mm-hmm. the loss of J.K. Dobbins. I know Master T is more of their power back, but Justin Fields can make things happen on the ground. And, you know, we saw last year's a little bit gimpy at the end of the Penn State game where, you know, he started to struggle a little bit um, due to injury. But when he's on, 
you know, people will say Trevor Lawrence. I think it's a, a, a really good debate in football, who's better, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. And they both do a lot of the same things really, really well. And, and Justin Fields, there's no doubt about it. On Saturday night, he is the best player inside Beaver Stadium. There's no doubt about it. So I, I totally agree. Biggest advantage there for Ohio State is their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's somebody outside of Justin Fields that you have to watch for on this Ohio State team? Yes, yeah, so I was just looking a little bit into their game last week, and I noticed uh, Garrett Wilson, one of their wide receivers, uh, had a really good day. Yes. Uh, seven catches, 129 yards, a touchdown. You have you know the obvious Olave on the outside. We talked about him a couple of podcasts so far. Like he's one of the most experienced players on that team right now. But you know they've been putting him on the outside, putting Wilson in the slot last week. Um, he's got some speed. He's shifty. Um, I think he's going to create some real matchup problems for the secondary. See, I'm going with Chris Olave here because um, I think Chris Olave is Fields' number one target for sure. And he's a big play uh, receiver. One thing that is interesting with him too is something to watch um, as we move into this week is he sustained a head injury against Nebraska um, and he's going through concussion protocol. How serious is it? Is he going to be able to play? Is he going to be as effective if he does play? Um, I know Ohio State um, beat writers and fans are really hopeful that he does play. But if he doesn't, that's a huge gain for Penn State. If he does, he's one of the best receivers in the country. You do a whole lot of good things for them. He's a great route runner. He's very fast as well. Um, I think he's Justin Fields' number one target that when he gets in trouble, you know, it's third down, maybe it's third down and long, and he's looking for somebody. He's looking for Chris Olave. Between these two guys, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Garrett Wilson. I mentioned Chris Olave. They had a lot of the targets against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So between Wilson and Olave, they had 14 targets. The second most targets uh, on that team was two. Everybody else had it around, you know, one, 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 two, one. So Justin Fields is really looking for Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's funny that we both mentioned the receivers because I think those are two really key guys for Ohio State. We mentioned the Ohio State player to watch, aside from Justin Fields. <laughs> uh, who's your Penn State player to watch in this matchup on Saturday? I'm really hoping Lamont Wade comes back for another massive game against Ohio State. Last year, eight tackles, a sack, two huge forced fumbles. Yep. Um, really needed them at the time. But, and I mean, it's probably his best game as a Nittany Lion, I would say. For for this game, communication, the secondary will be a huge part of keeping fields contained. And as you talked about, Wilson and Olave as well. Um, You know, I'm looking for a way to kind of show leadership, you know, keep them in check, and hopefully, you know, make some big plays like he did last year. You know, it's kind of funny that, you know, you mentioned Wilson being a slot guy. He's somebody that you're looking to watch and think he's going to have a pretty good impact on the game. Then you mentioned Lamont Wade, who is somebody that he's a safety. He's going to play a little bit more inside. He's going to play close to the line. Um, he's somebody that could be an option to take away Garrett Wilson and his strength. I mentioned Chris Olave as a wide receiver. I'm looking at Tariq Castro-Fields. Right. So we're going with matchups here. Oh. We're, looking, we're looking at the same thing. We're seeing how can we stop Justin Fields and his receivers with our defensive backs. Uh, I'm going with Tariq Castro-Fields. He's a senior on the outside as opposed to you know Keaton Ellis, who's a sophomore. Um, Joey Porter Jr., who's a redshirt freshman. Tariq Castro, Castro Field is somebody that's going to have to step up. And, you know, I know we played a lot of zone, but he's somebody that if we're a man-to-man, you need to match up with Chris Olave and try to take him away best he can. Yes, he's going to get his. 
but can we limit? Can we limit the big plays? Can we eliminate a 50-yard gain? Can we eliminate, mm-hmm. you know, the, the big third down play? Three Casper Fields going to have his hands full. I'm hoping that he steps up to the occasion, takes away Chris Olave and his big plays that can keep the chains moving for Ohio State or lead to some big touchdowns for the Buckeyes as well. So I think that's pretty fun. We're both looking at the same stuff. <laughs> How can we stop Justin Fields best we can? Yeah. That's the biggest question of the day. Yeah. Uh, so what's a, a little minor key to the game that you, you think could be the difference either for Ohio State or Penn State? So we talked about Clifford and how you know he's going to have to be a little bit better this week. Um, he can't make those kinds of mistakes. But I think the biggest thing is the guys that he's throwing to. I know watching the game personally last week, I noticed a lot of plays where he kind of dropped back in the pocket and there was just nobody open. Like, and he no, had a clean pocket too, yeah. which is like perfect. Get open. <laughs> and so there was there was no receivers that you know could get that separation that they needed and a lot of the plays didn't really develop like they wanted to. And I think, I mean, after that first drive, I think that was a lot of what the issue was. They just couldn't get open. And, you know, that <laughs> that's going to be a huge problem. If, yeah. if these guys can't get open against the, a defense like Ohio State, you know, they're going to be they're going to be in for a long day. And we know Ohio State has some really talented corners that can make things difficult for Penn State. I think they're just going to have to be a little bit more creative in how they get some of these guys open. You know, we see it in the NFL all the time, these rub routes where, you know, you have a defensive back taking out a defensive back. Do we use Pat Fryer more as a decoy than we have? You know, I know he's our main target, but can we use him as a decoy early to set some of these guys up to get them going in the game and make them more threats um, to the Ohio State secondary? I think that's a really good point you brought up, Brandon. My minor key to the game is kind of touched on a little bit with the defensive line. Can Penn State make Ohio State one-dimensional? I think if... If Ohio State's running the ball and they're just carving up Penn State with you know five, six, seven-yard games, that makes things so easy for Justin Fields, and we don't need to make things just easier mm-hmm. for Justin Fields. But if we keep it at you know a one-yard gain or a two-yard gain, make things like you know a third and eight, a third and seven, that makes Justin Fields a little bit less dangerous um, than if it's you know third and three or third and two. So if we can make Ohio State a really one-dimensional team with the strength of our defensive line, our linebackers, especially when, you know, Laquetta gets back in the second half. I think that that will put Penn State in a really good position to have a chance at the end of this football game and possibly win it. Here's the ultimate question. Ohio State wins if, what do you have? Ohio State wins if they could keep Clifford from beating them on the ground. Um, We saw Clifford last week. His best attribute was his legs, not his arm, mm-hmm. in my opinion. He made some big plays, and I think that's going to be a huge part of the, the Penn State offense this week in particular um, because if the passing game isn't there, he's going to have to be mobile, and they're going to have to figure out a way to move the ball. I just mentioned the, the receivers struggling to get open. You know, If they don't, can't get open, if, if the passing game just isn't there, they're going to have to get on, going on the ground with Clifford especially, but also the running backs. I'm picturing in my head right now the Trace McSorley game in 2018. As tough as a loss that was, Trace McSorley was so good, and he was doing it not only through the air but on the ground. And, you know, we had Miles Sanders, you know, a, a second-round NFL draft pick on that mm-hmm. team. At this point, we don't know what we have in Devin Ford. We don't know what we have in these two freshman running backs behind him. If Sean Clifford steps up and has that Trace McSorley game, yes, it's asking a lot out of him, but – if he's able to reduce in that type of way and keep the chains moving with his feet, it doesn't have to be the, you know, the 50-yard game. It does not. It could be 
you know, we need seven, we get eight. And he scampers out of bounds. Uh, I think that's a great point. Um, if, if Ohio State, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to play a little bit more zone, um, at least on the inside to try to keep him contained. They watch the film against Indiana. <laughs> we, they know he can run. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, for me, touched on him a lot already. <laughs> if Justin Fields plays like Justin Fields, they win. I, you mentioned, I think they're more talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their receivers are better. Uh, you know, Justin Fields, if he, if he goes out and plays like the best player on the field, Ohio State's going to come out on top, and that's, I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, so a little bit more of a, a harder route here. How does Penn State win? Um, I think if Ohio State makes more mistakes than Penn State, they will win. Last week, Penn State was a more talented team, but they pretty much gifted Indiana the win in more ways than one. You know, you talk turnovers, missed field goals, you know, bad decisions. We all know what the biggest one. Good teams win because they play clean games. And if Penn State could somehow get Ohio State to make more mistakes than they do, they could probably win the game. Mm-hmm. I have that same thing. I have if uh, Penn State has less mistakes, penalties, turnovers, mental mistakes, I think that they have a really good chance to win. You know, we saw you know, a couple years ago, when Ohio State's turned the ball over, they're working behind the line of scrimmage because of, you know, sacks and, and yards lost. Penn State has a chance to win this game, and that's when things even out a lot. I think that the two defenses are pretty even. It's just going to come down to, you know, how can we force fields to make mistakes? Can we force their running backs to not get going um, and struggle a little bit? Totally agree with you there. Uh, so before we get to predictions, let's get to some mailbag questions. This one is from our buddy Aaron Pregman. Hey, guys, extremely long-time listener here. Yes, we know, Aaron. Uh, everyone knows how Penn State struggles coming off a tough loss. What does this team need to do to bounce back and, and contend in this intimidating game? Grant, what, what, you could start with this one. Yeah, I, I mention this every year because it seems like they, they just cannot figure out how to actually do that. That's a really good question and a tough question because we've seen probably the last four or five years their inability to shake off a loss after it happens, play sloppy games for, you know, a couple of weeks after their loss. I think what they need to do is just play their game. Like they cannot get trapped into thinking about who they're playing. I think they need to realize that it's going to be, the game's going to be one, one play at a time. You need to concentrate in the moment and figure out what you need to do in that moment. Um, Cause Last week, we saw all the mistakes. If you're concentrating on what you have to do in that exact moment, then you will play a lot better than <laughs> what we saw last week. Yeah. But you just need to put it behind you, basically. It's, it's, it's that simple. They, they can't keep feeling bad for themselves after they lose a game um, because that's just going to cause you more harm than good because you're just going to go into the next game with very, very low morale, and that's really not going to help a team at all, especially going into – the biggest biggest game of the year for Penn State. Mm-hmm. I think what this isn't like an X's and O's thing at all. I think something that could help Penn State a lot is everybody's so down on them right now. Mm-hmm. The fans are critical. They you know they think they should have beat Indiana. I mean we think we should have beat Indiana um, nationally. You know Indiana's ahead of us now. We're 18th in the country, and people are keep looking. Oh, we lost our top two running backs. They're probably two of our top you know, five to 10 players on the team. Um, there's not a lot of expectations for Penn State to win this game. Right now, they're 
they're favored or Ohio State is favored to win by 12 and a half points. Mm -hmm. um, there's very low expectations for this Penn State team to win. Thinking back to the last time they beat Ohio State, they were the underdog. Nobody expected them to just, win. Just looking at the whole trajectory no, of that 2016 season. Yeah, nobody expected them to win. I feel like throughout this week of practice and going into the game, I think James Franklin should preach to his kids, hey, we're underdogs. We're underdogs. Let's, let's show them what we're about. We got the chip on our shoulder. Yes. We know we're a talented group. Let's come out and, you know, Ohio State's not going to be sleeping on them. I know that. But let's go out and prove that we're a lot better than we played last week. Let's show everybody how good we, we can be. Let's go out as the underdog, the big underdog, and, and beat this Ohio State team. Because mentioned it last podcast, there's a lot still in front of Penn State. Yeah, they lost against Indiana. But if you beat Ohio State, you're right back in that driver's seat, and you have everything in, in your own destiny of what you can do for the season. You can go on to win the Big Ten Championship. Last couple of years, we haven't been able to win the Big Ten Championship because we've lost to Ohio State. They own the tiebreaker. From there, you know, unless Indiana is, you know, seven and one and going to the Big Ten Championship week, you know, if we're seven and one, we're making it. Right. We're making it. So the whole season's in front of them. So if we go in as the underdog, a, a, a really, you know, nothing to lose mindset, I think that could really help Penn State in, in possibly winning this football game. And also, I shouldn't even say that. In having that energy that we've seen them not have after a tough loss. Um, and then our next question is from our other buddy, Jack Wint. Is there any silver lining to next weekend with how well Nebraska quarterbacks ran the ball against Ohio State and the success that Sean Clifford had with his legs? I think there's a lot. I mean, I, mean, I certainly think so. Yeah. I, I just picked it as one of the, uh, the keys to the game um, for Ohio State, if they can contain him with his legs. But he struggled throwing the ball. So if, I mean, if he gets, if he can get mobile um, and Ohio state struggles like that last, like they did last week, um, I, I did read a little bit today. They did have some issues with their linebackers um, last week. I know they, they lost a couple. So they were kind of shifting some guys around and trying some new things, um, which I think caused a couple of problems for them, which is, you know, maybe why that Nebraska's QB had, um, was it Both Mart Martinez? Martinez and McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I believe that's probably why that they had the success that they did have. Um, and, you know, they scored, they scored a, I mean, a fair amount of points. They still, <laughs> they still got beat by a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, if Penn State could score that many points, I think I would be um, somewhat happy. Um, I would take that as a win, especially considering that, you know, we have high hopes for this defense. So. Yeah, I mean, looking at... Um, Martinez's numbers, he had 12 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown, a long of 39. And then McCaffrey had uh, 87 yards and nine carries with a long of 47. So they were both really effective. They were able to create some big plays. In terms of Ohio State, I think this is something that Ryan Day is like, we need to shore this up. This is something we are focusing on in practice. Mm -hmm. Again, we saw when Trace McSorley had his big games against Ohio State, he was able to run um, and he plays alive with his feet and in terms of Penn State, they're probably looking at the film and saying, this is an advantage we have. This is something that we can do to, you know, get big plays. We don't have our running backs. Sean Clifford, can you carry the load for us? And one thing I did not mention in the Indiana podcast I want to mention now, can we please not put Will, Will Levison to run when <laughs> our quarterback is a very good runner? Himself. If not a lot better than Will Levison. Will Levison, you had your moment last year, and so how State, you played great. Sean Clifford. 
handle all the running duties, please. Please, please, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm begging you. <laughs> That's just something I want to add on that I forgot about in the last five. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think I, answering Jack's question, I think, yeah, there, there's something. Ohio State's definitely going to look at this as something we need to stop. Yeah. Penn State's, you know, you know, looking their chops, saying this is something that we could take advantage of on Saturday night. I mean, how could you not? You, you see how you see how much they struggled against Nebraska, and then you're watching tape and you see how well Clifford plays. I mean, that's got to be one of the most glaring, obvious things for Ryan Day. It's the game plan against. Yeah. Thank you again, guys, for submitting your questions. We always love answering them for you guys. Let's end predictions. Who do you have on Saturday night? Again, I mentioned Ohio State's a big favor here. Uh, they're favored by 12 and a half. Who do you have? Overall, I, I don't really have much confidence in Penn State to win this game. Aaron just mentioned it before. We've seen them get down after losses, and if you look at the fashion in which they lost last week, it, it really seems like a tough task to, to kind of uh, take down one of the top teams in the country after that. But I think in t- typical Penn State fashion, they'll, they'll keep this close, um, but in the end we'll have a couple of costly mistakes that will you know, basically screw them over, if yeah. you will. <laughs> um, but I'm going with a... 35-31 final, Ohio okay. State over Penn State. Now, I said before the year that I think Penn State is going to beat Ohio State. I know you did too, and you kind of backed off that prediction. Uh, that was my bold prediction. Yeah, your okay. bold prediction. Okay, bold prediction. This is why we do bold prediction and regular <laughs> predictions, people. Yeah. Um, as, and, you know, as disappointing as the Indiana game was, as I mentioned, Penn State dominated throughout uh, on the stat sheet. They were the much better team. Based off one week where, you know, it's a COVID season, we weren't sure what to expect. You know, we've, we did lose our top two running backs. That is a huge loss. I'm not reading too much into it. I don't think Penn State can play as bad as they did in terms of making mistakes. And if they do, it seems not even close. Yeah. But I think that they're coming off this loss, and usually that they're coming off a loss against Ohio State or they're coming off a loss against Michigan, and then they have that letdown. Mm-hmm. I think that this is different in that they're coming off a loss and they're about to play Ohio State, who we know they always play tough. You know, 2014, they were Ohio State was the national champions. We had 65 scholarship players. They came out and played them tough. Two overtime ga- uh, game where they lost it. Um, you know, the 2016 game where they won it. 2017, 2018, both close games. 2019, they were down throughout and they they were to come back and make it a game. They always get up for the Ohio State Buckeye team. And I think if, if these guys can just buy into that, the season's not over. It's definitely far from finished if they win, that they'll give themselves a chance. You know, you mentioned it's going to be close. I, I think it's going to be close throughout. I'm going to go with, you know, a bold prediction, quote-unquote. <laughs> I'm going to take Penn State winning 33-27. Reason being, I think that this team's going to be fired up to play them. Um, I think that this Penn State offensive line can also take care of business against this um, unproven Ohio State defensive line. And Sean Clifford can get out there and be active with his feet. He can throw the ball a little bit better than he did last week, eliminate the mistakes. I think that this defense that Penn State has can contain Justin Fields. I'm not saying that they're going to stop him completely, tame him the best they can, make him and that offense one-dimensional. I think that's. I think Penn State could pull off the upset. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to stick with my preseason prediction. And if I'm wrong, eh. We weren't expected to beat Ohio State anyway. So uh, this is this is our optimistic guy here. At, I am at, very optimistic. At FGG, I see. I definitely see the best in this Penn State team. <laughs> when a lot of people see the worst in them, I definitely will get that. I can attest. <laughs> I can attest that you do. Yeah, I mean, look, they're kids. 
They're kids. They're, you know, <laughs> we, we weren't in college, you know, too long ago. I, I get it. I, get it. <laughs> I have Penn State winning 33-27. Brandon has Ohio State winning 35-31. I'm hoping for a close game in general, though. Yeah, I want to. It's not heartbreaking, but I'm hoping that we have a competitive contest that Big Ten fans can be proud of and that nationally across the, the, the nation, everybody can be like, wow, look at me. Raise These our, two teams are really good. Raise our expectations nationally after um, them being pretty down right now. Yeah. Um, so you have anything else you want to add uh, to end this podcast? That's it. You know, this game is 7.30 on Saturday night, ABC. I'm sure everybody's going to be watching. Again, continue to follow us on Twitter at ForTheGloryOS um, and on Facebook, ForTheGloryOldState. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to our friends at ForTheBloggy. Um, they had some really good Indiana breakdowns um, that I was watching. They, they, they dissect this, that Indiana game with, you know, a coach's type of view where they're going through each and every play, watching film, they're recording the stats. They did a really good job on that. Um, and I'm looking forward to more content from them, um, especially if Penn State wins and we can watch all the really good highlights <laughs> uh, if they beat Ohio State. So, you know, just want to give a shout out to them. They've been doing a great job and we're, you know, glad to have a relationship with them. Other than that, uh, keep listening, keep subscribing, um, and we'll be back share next it. week. Yeah, share Tell it. your friends. So we'll be back next week. Hopefully a lot more optimistic than we were at uh, for the Indiana podcast. I'll try. I'll try. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. So thank you guys again for listening. Hope you have a good one.